three recording now. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton, and with me today is a repeat guest. Um, he's become a regular. Um, I call him the Metamucil of CSG. No, I don't. Um, it is uh, uh, Trey Mitchell, uh, a.k.a. the Trayinator on Twitter. Um, Trey, we got some shit to talk about, don't we? Yeah, that was a... Uh... Pretty pretty fun game last night for three quarters. Uh, <laughs> halfway through the first quarter, I like just like left the room for ten minutes and didn't watch it because I was like, it was it was like I don't know twenty five to like nine or something, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is my worst nightmare. But uh, yeah, that was pretty fun final three quarters. Well, um, the, we're talking about the Nuggets playing the Philadelphia 76ers um, last night in what was uh, billed to be the tilt against uh, two leading candidates for the MVP vote. And uh, let me get this out of the way right now. Anyone who has listened to CSG knows this, I'm, and as I'm sure Trey does, I do not give a shit about the, the MVP um, thing. It, it just, I, I give as much of a shit of, about it as Nikola Jokic does. Um because it's it's like for me it's like running for senior class president you know it's it's a narrative thing it's a popularity thing i it just it doesn't necessarily mean as much to me personally as finals mvp and uh first team all nba which i think are far more meaningful but uh just kind of get before we get started on the game what is your opinion on the mvp award and what what does it mean to you personally I mean, I cared about it a lot, a lot last year just because you want, like, a guy winning MVP versus a guy – like, let's say you were to compare Jokic and, like, I don't know, Yusuf Nurkic or just, like, that comparison. Like, Jokic now having an MVP clearly separates him against Nurkic, even though, obviously, we all know that Jokic is a lot better of a player. But, like, now that he has that accolade, it's like, okay, wait, no. One of these guys was considered the best player in the NBA for a year. I think the back-to-back MVPs puts him in a historical narrative that really helps like in 10 years, if we were going to discuss him being like a top 15 player of all time, you can use the, he won back-to-back MVPs to say how good of a player he was. I don't think it matters right now, but like after Jokic's career is over saying that he won back-to-back MVPs, especially when in one of those seasons, he didn't even have two of his three best players. Like that's, that's what's interesting to me. And then I think just being a fan of the Nuggets my whole life and being a fan of a small market team, having a guy out of Denver win MVP is what's like just crazy to me. Um, Embiid is awesome. I, for, for full disclosure, I own a Joel Embiid jersey. I, in fact, own the Joel Embiid jersey that he wore last night, that exact jersey, the Philo one. I think it's yeah. a sweet jersey. Yeah. I love Embiid. I love Giannis. I think those are my top three MVP guys right now. Um, but it, this year doesn't matter nearly as much to me as last year did, just because you want him to get one. And it's just it's just cool to see a guy that was selected 41st in the NBA draft when Taco Bell was airing an ad, like consider him the best player in, in the NBA. So I think that's kind of where I stand. I won a lot of money last year on Jokic winning MVP. So I hope for my Denver friends that those repeat MVPs can cash for them. But uh, one of my good friends who's a – Sixers fan has he win like 800 bucks if uh Embiid wins MVP so if Embiid does win I'll be happy for my friend 
I mean, I just, this is the way, I mean, we can, uh, this, I mean, I don't want to bog down in, in, in this because there's a bunch of a ridiculous BS that goes across this on, on Twitter that if you can, you can get caught up in it. Uh, my good friend, Ryan Blackburn seems to have got himself caught up in the, in the, uh, uh, the narrative wars on uh, Jokic versus Embiid. None of it really has ever mattered to me because to be honest with you, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Jokic in the fact that I, I kind of like the fact that big men are finally getting some love after so many years of, of it not being a thing. And it's, it's already completely fine to me. And I think the ultimate goal for any Nuggets fan should be that they, how they stack up against other, other teams and how they play against teams like Philadelphia, who are uh, in the top rung of the Eastern Conference. And that's kind of where I want to lead to this is that you pointed this out. They started the fourth quarter, first quarter out terribly, and it was very predictable to me. So I will be, I will admit to people, I stopped watching the game until about midway through the second quarter. Um, and I, I midway through that, I was like, I think I'll come back in and check. And the Nuggets went on some big run at the towards the end of the quarter and uh then they came in and they they kicked some ass so i mean is is that kind of how you saw the, the the midway through the second quarter with uh starting with the bench and then when uh Embiid picked up his third foul yeah i mean the first quarter was was not good the second quarter bones started to play uh pretty well Boogie was playing pretty well. It was Bones' energy last night was just really, really, really helpful and really good. And I think ultimately why they won the game. Um, he, even when he's not scoring on a given possession, his speed and just like quick twitch nature is like he'll get into the paint. And even if he's not going to score there, he'll he'll drive into it and that collapses the defense. And then he might kick out for, you know, Austin Rivers rare make for a three-pointer or uh <laughs> something like that but um no after after the first quarter I mean I think Denver definitely won each three of those last quarters it was it was fun and um you know I think that second half closed with that um like the final minute or so Jokic had that bounce pass to uh, I think it was Jeff Green um mm. which was really nice so uh yeah well I think it was Jermichael well, I think it was Jamichael, and Jamichael played really well. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Jamichael uh, played really, really, really well last night, um, and so did. Uh, it was his best game in a long time. Right, and so did Nishan Bones Highland. Um, Nishan, <laughs> he uh, he came in and uh, wanted to play for his uh, family and all his friends that came up from Delaware. Um, what did you see from Bones that uh, you didn't see before? Um, yeah, I mean, like, he played to me like he has in other games, but how did you like him stepping up in a national TV game like that? Well, what I like the most is him closing the game. I thought that was, that was really good to see because, like, so often I think, especially in that Raptors game, um, the bench will be playing well, and then we'll kind of go back to the starters when the starters haven't been playing well, just because they're the starters. Like especially in that Raptors game, like like Barton, in my opinion, wasn't playing well enough to probably close that game. Right. But uh, like in this game, I mean, it helps that Aaron Gordon wasn't 
all reports he had like a stomach thing. He, I guess he threw up at halftime. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't out there. And then I, I don't think Jeff Green closed either, right? No, it, uh, Jeff Green didn't close. Jamichael was. Jamichael was out there. Bones was out there. Barton didn't come back in until the last minute or so. It really, it was Jokic, uh, Monte Morris, Bones, uh, Jamichael Green, and uh, yeah, and Jokic. So it, it was, you know, you know, look, I, I would not have anticipated that sort of closing lineup <laughs> if you would ask me yeah. uh, to start and the it, year. It's interesting. It's like it's interesting having Monte and Bones as a backcourt, just because yeah. like you project to next season, and from all you know, we we expect Jamal Murray to be the starter going into next season. Hopefully, if, if as long as he's okay. Right. Um, so that leaves the backup point guard spot, which is undeniably Monte Morris's. But like you can't not play bones highland so it's it's cool to have them get some run together monte and bones and to have a little bit of chemistry there um i know defensively that backcourt isn't there's a lot to be desired but um especially if you cut out austin rivers because i i think he's been a really good defender this season especially like the game against the warriors i thought he played steph so well mm-hmm. you saw when for some reason when steph came back in the game Malone didn't put Rivers back in the game and then once Steph got out of the game he put he put Rivers in and it was just it was weird (laughs) but um no it was it was awesome that uh seeing Bones and uh Monte but uh yeah he I mean he was he was hitting threes when I think he went four for nine from threes when when he's doing that that he's a killer you know um his energy is what I love the most but his, his three-point shot is, I think, the thing that this season has kept him in that rotation. And, uh, yeah, just his ability to run the pick and roll. He's, he's a really good passer, I think. Um, and uh, he just he brings his energy to the bench that I think every team would like to have a guy like Bones Highland. Um, here's a question for you. If Michael Porter Jr. was shooting the shots that, that uh, Bones Highland was shooting, would he get yanked? You'd probably make him at a higher three at a higher percentage so probably not <laughs> but uh i i think in malone's opinion yeah like yes, like if, yeah. if, the, if the same thing because i don't i don't i think malone probably likes bones more than he likes mike um so yeah mm. uh we'll we'll leave that at that but i i i my 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 deal right now is this the, the game was weird in a sense that the nuggets started off so poorly and the starters played so bad um but they they won and i never got the feeling once they closed the gap this is just me once the nuggets closed the gap i never got the feeling that the the sixers were quote unquote the better team i never i yeah I, it was so weird how it, it just kind of like once they closed it the nuggets just kind of i knew that if they were able to just kind of ride things because you know the you know home crowd all that stuff or the emotions and and you know joanne joel and beat i think at eight straight points at one point um i think if the, the nuggets knew that they would just be able to like okay well joel's going to go to the bench uh and he's going to play more minutes than he's, he's used to and he's going to tire out by the end so if we just play our game we're going to win and from as you pointed out from the second quarter on i just never got the feeling that the nuggets were not in control of the game yeah i mean so First quarter, 37-22 after one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, Denver outscored them in the second quarter, 31-21. to 21. 
then in the third quarter, Philly outscored them 30 to 28. So it's basically, a you know, neutral. Mm-hmm. And then in the fourth quarter, we outscored them 33 to 22. So it, it really is a tale of the last three quarters. The team uh, played a lot better. Going back to Embiid, I thought he was really good this game. I know yeah. the Philly played last night. Um, shout out to the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Uh, for, Mo, for helping your, your us boy out. Mo Bamba. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I own a Mo Bamba shirt jersey. I mean, you're six <laughs> feet away from me right now. Um, love Mo. But uh, yeah, that that I think helped them. I, I know di- when we play on it, like th- this to me had similar vibes um, to the Nuggets Warriors game, except in this scenario, we are the Warriors and right. Philly was the Nuggets just because in that fourth quarter, like I just felt like, especially in bead. Um, I, that one point I, I noted, like he had his uh, hands on his hips, was like really struggling, mm-hmm. I think conditionally. Um, and it's, he, it's str- like the way Doc Rivers uses him is kind of interesting to me. He like only plays six minute increments. Right. He, he, it's, I don't know if I've ever seen that uh, when in a player and I'm not saying it's like a bad thing. It's just, I don't think I, I ever realized that, um, I... that he plays that way. I remember uh, Rick Carlisle did something similar with uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, Dirk would play at bursts. He would play, you know, four minutes, five minutes, uh, four minutes, five minutes, get to one minute rest, come back in. That, that's just it. I mean, some coaches do that um, with Joel. You kind of have to, because I don't know if you remember, but in the, uh, the Hawks series last year, Almost every game, by the end of the game, he was garbage. And it's because he was tired. And he just would, I mean, in game seven, was it Gallo who stole him? He got that big steal against him. Gallo of all, of all players. You know, you know, I love Gallo. But, you know, he of all players got that big steal against him. And you could just tell he was just, just didn't have it anymore. And I think that probably goes into the thinking there. But that didn't help him in this game because you are absolutely right. Uh, the last five minutes, other than him him flopping the flagrant, he got the he wasn't playing very well at all, and in fact was a complete non-factor in the last three minutes of the game. Yeah, and I thought Demarcus Cousins defensively did a pretty good job on him. Uh, I thought that might have been a terrible matchup for Denver. Uh, I think Demarcus has lost a lot of his athletic ability mm-hmm. even when he, when he dunks like I don't think he like he and Jokic might have the same vertical now right right yeah. Jokic might have a higher <laughs> vertical than him which is you never want to be no, that guy no <laughs> um but I mean Boogie had a really good game he hit two back-to-back three-pointers that were I personally get nervous when he shoots the threes but uh sometimes it's you know they go in uh but yeah he did uh pretty well and then just that amazing sequence with boogie and uh james harden and oh, yeah. got that amazing picture of demarcus just laughing in harden's face and is <laughs> is there a guy in sports that you just that you like less than james harden because for me there isn't yeah he's he is basically and it's and it's uh adam Ott has pointed this out on lockdown nuggets uh this morning about how yeah, to about how you know it's kind of like you know, doing a tax loophole for tax, uh, tax evasion. Yeah. Yes. About for about it, because it's like a, the, the, the game seems to be about exposing loopholes and stuff like that. Kind of like the Patriots with Bill Belichick when they were winning those titles It's like, Oh, that's why they made them so unlikable. It was just like, you know, we look like you're looking for the easiest way to do this. 
And I think that is part of it with James Harden is that, and, and I, and I hate that it's kind of leaked into uh, Joel Embiid, who is otherwise a very likable player. Um, the Maury yeah. ball thing and the foul, the foul drawing and yes, theatrics of that are a little much. Yes, exactly. And I think that part is something that I think has made the Sixers in general since Harden got there extremely unappealing. And I don't know, I don't know how you, I mean, I mean, looking at it this way, uh, Trey, how do you, unless if you're not a Philly fan, how do you cheer for the Philadelphia 76ers knowing that you had how many free throws between the two of them? I'm looking up. I, I have that right here. How, how many free throws do you think Embiid and Harden shot last night in total? Uh, between the two of them, let's see, uh, 40? 22. 22. So not not as bad of a game, but um, Embiid, 9 of 10. I, I, I think 10 free throws for him is like, that's, I, I, I think that's like fair officiating. Um, Harden just like, I was watching it with my girlfriend and I was like trying to show her why I don't like Harden. And I was like, okay, when he has the ball, watch how he just, he will jump into someone. And yeah. it's not, it's not that they foul him. It's that he, he cocks his head back and screams. Yeah. And like, that's what does it. And that, uh, there is that play with him and Aaron Gordon where Aaron Gordon tied the ball up and Harden thought he got fouled through a fit. Doc Rivers is like, screaming down the sidelines like James, James. like just like <laughs> thinking he got fouled and Aaron Gordon just just tied the ball up and it, it's it's awesome to see uh Gordon like do that against guys like when he had that stare down of Russell Westbrook Russell. and then stare down of uh James Harden two of my least favorite players yeah. in the NBA well uh with Russ it's kind of like you, it, it's, do you know it's what his approach do, yeah but go ahead do you know what Russ is shooting from three I I, I don't nine percent yeah yeah nine percent <laughs> i don't know if it's this year or this month or something but it's it's pretty funny well um, it, it's been since like a certain time i think it's been the yeah. last like two three months that he's been shooting but if, here's my here's my thing you know it's like the sixers like it's whatever i don't care i, I honestly don't and i they didn't factor into my way of thinking until you encounter people online and let's face it if you encounter people online they're going to be jackasses and trolls and uh it is just the way things are that is not an indicative of of the populace in general but i will say that they there's a lot of things that are stacking up against the sixers in the same way that a lot of times i can people will and i do admit sometimes nuggets fans can be a little irritating with the Jokic never gets any respect stuff and i think that, that there is all of that combining into a stew for at least for Philadelphia of unlikability. That is just, is just, I I've never seen this before how a team that, that has good players on it like this becomes so like just intrinsically unlikable to the point where like you're actively rooting against them. I have not felt that way since the nineties when I was actively I, rooting against the bulls. <laughs> I, I felt that way. Uh, I was a big Nets fan for like four years um, from like 2015 to like 2017, 2018. 
uh, I really like them. I, I grew my mom went to the uh, University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. So that's where Joe Harris went. So I've been following him for a long time. I, re- I really like them. I like D'Angelo Russell. I am a giant Jared Allen fan. Mm-hmm. I have a Jared Allen yeah. shirt that I've worn for, four, for the last four years. I think I got it my freshman, no, like six years. I got it my fr- freshman year of college. Uh, big Jared Allen fan. Uh, I really liked Karis Levert there. I was a big Nets fan. And then they got Kyrie and he is on my Mount Rushmore of most unlikable people uh, <laughs> in the world, not just players. Um, so I'm like, God, I'm like, damn it, man. Like, I love this team. Like I, I loved rooting for James Russell. Like, and then they got Kevin Durant and I, I like Kevin Durant. He went to Texas, Kevin Durant. I have, was a giant Kevin Durant fan with the thunder. I had his Jersey. I went to games. I probably saw Kevin Durant play 15, like twice a year for seven years as a kid. Right. Um, the Warriors stuff sucked. It sucked rooting against him there. But then when he went to the Nets, I was like, okay, you know, like it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Like I hate Kyrie, but I love KD. So like I can get over it. Right. right. And then the Nets get James Harden. And I'm like, I am out of this. Like, <laughs> screw you. Screw you, Sean Marks. Screw you, Jay-Z. You made me hate this team that I loved for like a long time. I, I remember when Joe Harris won the three-point contest 2017. I was, or 2018, I was like so excited. Love Joe Harris. Um, and then they just like turned them against me. And I was like, I, I hate this team. And what's funny is Philly played the 76ers on Sunday. Um, or no, it wasn't Sunday. It was like, it was sometime last week. I'm not sure what, what date it was. And I was rooting for the Nets. I was actively rooting for the Nets for the first time in like, I think three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that was, that just shows you how much I think a lot of people hate the Sixers team. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you listened to Locked On Nuggets. I did too. Mara's talked about how like, it's like a, it's like a soulless team. It's like, it's like a team that was just like put together and doesn't have any, I mean, you, you, you haven't beat. So there's obviously going to be like, people who have supported him their whole time in Philly and still support them now. But like you got have guys like James Harden and freaking DeAndre Jordan and stuff. It's just so hard to like a team with James Harden. It's so hard to like the brand of basketball that they play. And um, I've, I've never liked a James Harden team going back to Houston. I, I, I hated the Rockets for so long. So I, it's, they're an easy enemy. Them and the Lakers are easy enemies for me. Um, but I, I still will root for Embiid. I, I like him as a person a lot. Uh, I remember in, I think it was like 2018 All-Star Game or Skills Challenge or something. And it had like a bunch of stats or questions that they asked Embiid. And it was like, who is your childhood here uh, growing up? His answer was Nikola Jokic. And I've, I've always loved him since since that point. <laughs> but, uh, and then you also have the Doc Rivers factor where like, I have a nugget scripture on Twitter and I posted a picture. I said, smoking that doc rivers pack tonight, because it's just, it's, it's nice beating that guy. Uh, <laughs> we got him fired once and it's just, it's great beating him when he's on these unlikable teams that I just like, I hated the Clippers. I still hate the Clippers because of his team. So. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to the chat, shout out to the chat again. We got to do that every time we're, uh, we're we, you and I podcast. So um, I tell you what, I want to explore this a little further, but uh, before I do that, I'm going to have to do an ad read and you guys can all groan and uh, go, ugh, but I got to do this. Um, 
now it's time for me to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. You can get yourself some of that 2017 Cabernet, which I believe that uh, Trey's had, um, or you could have some of the Pinot, which I believe Trey's may have had actually also. Um, and uh, you can get some whites, they got blends, they got reds, they got all that stuff. Um, it's just really your best place to go and have fun, wine and have fun and just sit and relax, uh, particularly with the weather getting better here in, in, in Colorado, you're going to enjoy it. Go to bfwdenver.com, book yourself a virtual wine, wine tasting, or get yourself a bottle of that delicious wine. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanche Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton, from CSG Podcast sent you there. And we're back. Um, I, you know, I, I, Adam's last segment got me thinking about this. And it's in, and uh, message to Adam Marez, you're sounding more and more like me as you get older. And I think that is something that maybe is just a reflection of everyone's perspective changes as they get older. But, um, one of the things that I've liked about Embiid and Jokic and even Carl Anthony Towns, who seems to have a personal animus before um, <laughs> Nikola Jokic that I don't understand, but I, I just, there is just this burgeoning big man thing. You could kind of include um, Giannis and Tuntacupo uh, with this, but I, I think Giannis is more of a very large wing player. And but just really this this burgeoning thing of big men coming into the league and kind of coming like it, it just makes my heart sing because I like diversity in the in the NBA. And it seems like after years and years of threes and layups, we're now getting a different kind of skill set coming in. And it, and it I really I really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, seeing guys like him be honest. Towns, I've I've really liked Towns. So I've been a big Towns guy. Uh, I like watching the Timberwolves. They're a pretty fun team to watch. I I, I really like Ants. Um, Towns is great. But and then yeah, Jokic is just like sure he's a big man, but he's just like this crazy circus player who plays like every single position on the court. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm really hoping that when all NBA comes around, whoever between Jokic and Embiid is not the first team center is not the second team center so like if Jokic gets first team center I hope they put Embiid at like power forward or something because like those two guys do not deserve to be one first team one second team when they are both clearly the two best players in the NBA this season that's a quirk of the all NBA thing too because I I mean as much as I consider it to be the most prestigious of all the honors I I I understand that there's you know you have to go positionally sometimes and when the two best players in the league are centers, we haven't seen this for, well, since the nineties, um, you, well, you could argue maybe the early two thousands with, uh, Tim Duncan and although Duncan was a power forward in the early two thousands. So, and, and check. So, uh, but there, you know, there, there is this, I have never seen anything really close to this in a sense that where it's kind of changing the league. Yeah. 
and and it's changing the league in a way that the league doesn't is like they have tilted all the rules to to favor guards in this league spacing uh you know allowing zone defense and everything is based on making guards the best players in the league and you know even with jamar DeRozan hitting all those middies I mean, this is this is this is a a different league right now, and it just makes I just like it. I mean, and it's not because I'm old. I'm sure that's part of it, but it's because I am just like in, enjoying the diversity. We needed this for a long time, and uh, as someone who grew up basically in the in the threes and two in layups era, as much as you have, how do, how have you perceptionally adjusted to viewing the basketball game now? Uh, has having Jokic on uh, uh, the Nuggets kind of helped you with this uh, different view of the NBA? Well, it's great because, I mean, I think before we got the center re-evolution, uh, Steph Curry was the player before that in my lifetime who changed the game of basketball uh, the, the most. So, like, I remember back in, like, 2016 – the whole conversation was like versatile wings, right? Like you wanted like a guy like Robert Covington had so much value in like 2016 because it was like the Warriors and Cavs that just, they just weren't playing centers. Like they were playing Kevin Love at the five or Richard Jefferson at the five. And the Warriors were playing Kevin Durant or Draymond Green at the five. And it was like this all out five, everyone can shoot threes game was it felt like that was the way that the NBA was going to go. And it's never fun when like a whole position, like the um, center position just like gets eradicated from the game. Like I remember Roy Hibbert was like an all NBA player. And then the next season, the season, <laughs> the, the whole league changed. Right. And I mean, I don't think he was that good ever, but no. uh, like the league changed and he suddenly wasn't used. And then the, the Nuggets traded for him in 2016. And I, remember that <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really weird but um no it's it's so cool hearing or seeing the league kind of go back to the this way of center ball and that the two best players nimby are centers because like a stagnant league is a boring league and the basketball should be played many different ways like the warriors play an amazing brand of basketball the nuggets when healthy i think play my favorite brand of basketball philly plays a brand of basketball that <laughs> is exploiting the way the game of basketball is meant to be played, but you know what? It's all right. They do their thing. Um, you got all, all sorts of teams like the bucks play a really interesting way with, with Giannis kind of playing all these different roles. Ben Simmons is a player who's really, really interesting when he plays. Cause he's like this six foot 10 guard forward. Like there's a lot of Swiss army knives in the NBA now. And um, the different ways basketball can be played, I think makes it a better product overall. So I think the league's in a really good place uh, with a lot of different kind of stars. I mean, like even guys like Luca, who are um, out here and play their own way of basketball. It's not it's not like everyone's trying to emulate Michael Jordan anymore. It's like guys are like there's going to be kids right there are kids right now who are growing up like I want to be like Jokic, and that's right. crazy. No, it's amazing, and and it's so different from. Well, look at the logical extreme, which was the Rockets with Chris Paul and uh, exactly uh, all, and all James guys Harden. can shoot threes and are under six foot nine. And then they didn't have a center. Yeah. And then they got Russell Westbrook and 
they couldn't make it work. So they traded Clint Capella just and went no, with uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, PJ Tucker at, uh, at center. And it was the most absurd thing ever. And it obviously did not work. And it reached the point where I think you hit the, the, the that, that style of play hit, it hit its ceiling with the Rockets uh, when they were missed 27 threes in a row. And <laughs> it's still awesome. one of it's still one of the most absurd games I've ever seen in my life. Um, they How the first quarter was going for the Nuggets last night, right? Couldn't make it three. Um, so um, you know, there's there's all that, but I like the way the league is going, and I, and I love the fact that there are differences of styles of play right now. NBA thrives on play style diversity because you've got to scheme differently. And the way it was heading before is like every action resulted in a dribble handoff or pick and roll play that resulted in a, in a, in a three. There's still a lot of that now, but there's other things they're doing now that you got to account for. And that makes the league better. I think my favorite team to watch before they all got hurt. Um, that <clears throat> is a great example of, I think the way that I like basketball to be played now is the Cavs. Right. Um, with Darius Garland is awesome. I, I really like watching Garland. And then Jared Allen and Mobley, like those guys starting next to each other is just, it's such so cool. And Mobley is so fun to watch. Um, this year's rookie class is really, really good. I just an absolute blast to watch. Like Kate Cunningham, I've watched him a lot recently. He's better than I thought he would be. Josh Giddy's really good. Jalen Suggs has been playing really well. Franz Wagner has been really good. Bones Highland's been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Davion Mitchell's been fun, like guys all over the league. Shengu and every team, it feels like, has a rookie that has just been playing really well this season. Uh, maybe not the Lakers because they don't have any picks, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, Kate, who does Kate Cunningham remind you of? Um, because uh, I, I kind I, of I, like Carmelo a little bit, but he's, I mean, he's bigger for a guard and a lot of uh, LeBron. Yeah, and that, and I was like, God, what? I'm trying to think of a comparison because he's he was already solid. Or is Diaw? Poor He was already solid defensively, but I mean, obviously, you got Mobley, who's been lighting it up for the, the Wilson Chandler Cavs. <laughs> Wilson Chandler. Hey, Will, if you're listening to this, um, I think I th- I just it's just there's so and you're right. There's just so much like with the rookies and all this stuff. I, I like the way you know. Of course, you got you. We cannot, Barnes too. How could I? Oh not yeah, Scotty that? Barnes. Yeah, uh, and uh, in uh, and the, with the Raptors who just beat the Nuggets in one of the worst games I've ever seen. Um, yeah, but I, <laughs> I think that I think that it's good to see all that. But it's also we cannot forget John Morant with uh, the the. Uh, he is so fun. I, I love watching them. Let me ask you this, and this is we've gone into d- general NBA talk here, but. Um, the, the Grizzlies remind me so much of the 2013 Nuggets. They so I've been saying much. I've been saying that too. It, it is just they they and their problem right now is is the same as that Nuggets team. You slow them half down. Court. You slow them down to a half court, and they they just are. Not only are they the not as effective, they're not a good half court team. And how they may be able to get through the first round playing that style, but a team is going to slow them down to the point where they have to make decisions in the half court. But 
and this is this is the caveat here that doesn't invalidate how fun they were and that's my same the same argument that i had for the denver nuggets team uh it was that does not invalidate how fun that 12-13 nuggets team was and how we yeah. enjoyed watching them and i think we get all screwed up with the playoffs and stuff like that regardless of what the, the grizzlies do and regardless of what happened with the 2013 nuggets i think i think that this is this is like so fun to watch that you got to appreciate it in the same way you got to appreciate that Nuggets team back then. Yeah, I wish the Nuggets would match up with the war uh, with the Grizzlies this season in the playoffs, just because I think that'd be a really really fun series, and I would rather lose to the Grizzlies than the Warriors. Um, the Warriors scare me a lot more, especially with Draymond Green. I uh, their their rookies are way ahead of schedule uh, from where I thought they would be with Moses Moody and um, Jonathan Kaminga. Those guys are good, really good players. I, I, I'm scared of the Warriors in the playoffs, although I think the Nuggets are a bad matchup for the Warriors with Jokic. Yeah. I, I think they struggle to guard centers. Even with um, Draymond. Even with Draymond, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, think I mean, it's Draymond's six matchup. foot seven, six yeah. foot six. Um, so I would rather play the Warriors, but um, sorry, I'd, I keep saying the Warriors. I'd, I'd rather play the Grizzlies. Um, but yeah, they're, they're so much fun. Who is kind of what we're talking about overall NBA um how do you have any predictions for the playoffs like any, any teams out east you think are the favorites or um boy you know <laughs> this is going to sound really weird everyone should be very concerned about the way the nets are playing without ben simmons in there because durant being back has elevated that team significantly and whenever Kyrie plays obviously they're a much better team um i if i'm sitting uh half court at his own game right exactly i i um although you know just get get vaccinated dude um i if i'm an eastern conference team i do not want to play do not want to play the nets because they came within a toenail of going to the finals last year with basically kevin durant carrying that whole team and a and a half of a james harden so I, that is the team I look at and I'm like, especially with Ben Simmons too. I mean, he, I don't know what his thing is with playing, but Seth Curry has been really good. Yeah. And, and Seth Curry was low key, by the way, you saw he's that been last great night. for the last four or five seasons. He's been a really good player everywhere. All the well, nine teams he's played for or whatever. Well, yes. And, and look at the, look at um, the lack of depth that the Sixers and they, they gave up right Drummond now. and that yeah. hurt them that hurt them I mean think of how that would have helped them against just being able to plug him out there against Cousins or something like that you know it is a you know I mean Drummond's not a tremendous player but he's a serviceable uh, league replacement kind of kind of um, a replacement level kind of center and um, they didn't have that and uh, oh boy DeAndre Jordan was rough he, <laughs> I don't know how he's uh <laughs> in the league still I, I think he's just a really good locker room guy from all accounts yeah he seems like it and but man oh geez that was that was bad and but and it's like you you look look at the nets and you see like how oh, they got seth curry they get that ben simmons back and this team is going get going to be absolutely lethal and i don't know if the sixers 
they're quote unquote better with James Harden, but I don't know. Are they playoffs better with James Harden? I don't know. I mean, James Harden, uh, small notorious game, playoff, playoff joker. He's <laughs> gone two for games. 11, like I think three times in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it's um, unbelievable. So uh, before and we wrap this strip club afterwards. Right, right. Uh, so before we wrap this up, any more any more thoughts you want to get out uh, about the NBA or the game last night against the Sixers? Uh, I'm just very appreciative that Tim Conley and the Nuggets drafted Bones Highland. He is one of the most he is one of the easiest players to root for I've ever experienced in sports. Um, knowing the story of his family with the fire that happened, if anyone didn't know, uh, when he was like a sophomore in high school. Uh, there was a fire at his house that killed one of his family members, I believe his aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those firefighters were at the game last night that saved his life. And he, after, after the game was asked during the press conference, um, what it was like to see those guys there. And he couldn't, like he was too emotional to answer the question. He just said next question too much. And having a guy that sells his own merch on Twitter um, actively campaigns for Nikola Jokic for MVP mm-hmm. has won over a coach who is notorious for not playing rookies right. uh, even when they're six foot 10 and can shoot the ball better than anyone in the NBA. Uh, it's Bones Highland. This like this season has been amazing to watch you grow and everything. Uh, seeing him on the DNVR show was, has been awesome. And uh, it's just, it's been a really fun season watching Bones Highlands play. Uh, he's had mistakes, every rookie does, but he's just been a joy and one of my favorite nuggets in recent history. So that's kind of my, my last take. It was great seeing him have one of the best games of his season last night on national TV. Right. And, and we have, Skip, I don't know if you saw Skip Bayless's tweet, but uh, Skip Bayless basically said that uh, Jokic had more help last night than, than Harden did because <laughs> Jokic had Bones Highland. So the uh, summary of that is that Bones Highland is better than, than James Harden, which you will not hear me argue against. That was that was funny. <laughs> that was Bayless remains a clown. And a, a nice cell phone from uh, <laughs> from uh, Skip Bayless yeah. on that. Uh, has Nick Wright tweeted tweeted anything about the the, the, the game last night? Uh, he, he's he's too busy getting hair implants. <laughs> uh i haven't heard from spike eskin today so i i don't know if uh i told my girlfriend about that guy i was like there's a dude on who's like a philly fan who's trying to ban sports in denver and I'm like i can't tell if it's satirical still but uh, i think it was at one point but then i think he just like was really liked like doing that uh-huh, uh-huh. oh it's, it's he just... was on the low post and i i was like why are we why are we promoting this guy? He, like, I like, I'm like, I love your show, Zach, but I'm not listening to, to this episode. Well, it's the rice to Ricky Sanchez, which is one of the OG podcasts. Well, right, right. With CSG. Uh, then, and that oh, really? is why, yeah. That uh, rice to Ricky Sanchez and uh, CSG, I think started right at the same time. And uh, who is Ricky Sanchez? Uh, it's, oh God, it's a long story. <laughs> I'll have to tell you. Uh, okay. but it's a, it's just, it is a, it is a Philly it's a Philly sports podcast that is, you know, it's been going strong for so long and, you know, you know, CSG has been around since, since, uh, uh, 2011. Since so. I was a child. <laughs> yes. When I was just a little boy. Yeah. You were 13 when this started. Oh my God. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to leave us with this. This was after two awful losses and i do mean awful losses the nuggets really bad yeah yeah the nuggets Rap- raptors won will barton i'm so 
Uh, did you hear he like went after a fan or something after did the game? He? Like in the stands? Yeah, I, I never heard clarification on that, but he went into the stands to talk to someone. Oh my god! I hope I hope I hope that wasn't anything bad. Um, I did not hear that. Um, I I did just after two horrible losses there, and particularly the the Raptors game where Malone really did not acquit himself very well coaching. Yeah, there's been a coach. lot of that this year with Malone. Um, he they came back and they they in typical Nuggets fashion, they spit the bit against the Raptors and then came up big against the Sixers. I don't know what to think of this team uh until michael porter jr gets back uh before we go uh do you do you think this team with if mpj gets when mpj if when he gets back um how much does he raise their ceiling going into the playoffs i don't know because i saw them get swept by phoenix last year with him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i don't know how much of a ceiling raiser he is like is he a good player yes i it's almost like he, if you just swapped him out with Bryn Forbes, like if you swapped out Bryn Forbes' role with him, like I think that's kind of what I expect to happen. Like just like a guy who's just going to make some threes. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still on the like, I don't see Jamal Murray coming back this season thing. I've felt that way for like months. Yeah. Um, I just think that there's, he isn't ready and like that's okay. So, uh, but, it, it definitely does not hurt how hurt having Mike back. Um, but like, I think Jeff Green's been a really good starter for them. I, I hope they re-sign him for next year. I think he's really bought in and uh, really enjoyed watching him play this season. My girlfriend's favorite play when watching the Nuggets is a Jeff Green dunk. That's the thing that she just, she <laughs> loves watching a Jeff Green dunk. Cause it, it, it's like, he, he, you don't expect him to be able to do that at his age now, like 35, like he, he, he throws down some tomahawks from here from, from time to time. Uh, but Mike, yeah, excited, but I saw the playoffs last year and I saw Portland really kind of defend him and basically eradicate him for half that series. And then Mikhail Bridges just turned him, shut him down too. So I, I don't know. Well, he got I'm, I'm like fairly optimistic that we can be, we, we can win in the first round, but Remember, Mike. Got I don't hurt. think this season is a championship Mike, one. Mike got hurt that first game against uh, Phoenix, and you know when he is like in pain, like the first game, nine games of this year, his shot, his shot does not go down. And right. I'm wondering if a healthy MPJ is looks a significantly different. I hope Aaron Gordon gets healthy. Yeah, he needs to. Maybe this is a situation where AG needs to sit he out. Can take for a while. five games out, or yeah. whatever. Get get his foot right and stuff like that, and get healthy. You know, feeling better. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining me, uh, Trey. Uh, I, I I would like to make this a regular thing because uh, you you are a uh, intelligent fellow. So <laughs> we'll have, <you, laughs> have you on the podcast again, and uh, thank you all for joining us again, Trey. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Trainator. Um, Tom Brady un- unretired. Pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah, I right. live in Tampa, Florida, so that was. A, I was sitting at the Batman, and my friend Preston came up to me and he said, "Hey, Brady unretired," and I just like stared at him. I was like, "Is, is this a joke?" Like I, I, I was hearing today. I literally four hours before that heard a rumor that they were interested in Baker Mayfield to go from Baker Mayfield possibly to Tom Brady, biggest upgrade of all time. So, yeah. <laughs> And then I watched the rest of the Batman for the second time.
<laughs> uh, well, one one day, uh, Trey and I will talk about the Batman because I, I I also have seen that. So, anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us, and uh, once again, appreciate it, Trey. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Ta ta.